the background is we were having discussions after all of the episodes and realized that we were making some really good points. Uh, <laughs> Connecting the, some dots that were just you and I were hearing. <laughs> yeah, so like, hey, let's uh, record some of these. So uh, at least a semi-regular feature, if not a regular feature, will be some of these analyses, depending on how good I guess they turn out to be. Welcome to a bonus analysis and discussion episode with the hosts of the Path Distilled podcast. In these episodes, we talk about the guests that we just had on, how it connects to the guests we've had in the past, and give our take on what you've heard. Obviously, that was exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, I mean, it was cool, right? I always love some of these when you go into it and just by nature of being human, you have this kind of expectation, right, of, of thinking about who that person, what that person might be like or what their story might be like. And I love the ones where they're not, you know, the expectation. Because I don't, obviously, I didn't know as much about him as you did yeah. uh, coming in. So just really interesting to hear what prompted him to get into doing this and you know, kind of his viewpoint on things. Yeah, and I'm, I guess... Um... I showed my hand by asking certain questions or using certain terminology. (laughs) You could tell that you knew about comedy, yeah. (laughs) And a lot of times, just for the the listeners, um, there are stages, and most disciplines or fields have people who, quote, do their time or put their time in, but comedy is really hierarchical, or at least it used to be. They wanted to see certain things done in sequence. Well, it's like he was talking about, right? Like you get three minutes at first and then you get seven minutes. Like there's a lot of, I feel like having to, the phrasing that's coming to my mind is kind of jump through hoops, but that's not actually what I'm meaning. It's more like trial by fire and a lot of different fires. <laughs> yeah. And they would, um, so yeah, it's getting out there and that's what they want to see that you put the work in put the time in and they don't um, get your lumps and then make sure that, you're not stepping on any toes and that kind of thing, but, um, but yeah. And so it was fascinating to me that he got him was in, didn't begin writing. I was going into the episode. I would have predicted that he was at least writing up until he started performing is what I did. I wrote for about Mm. five or six years before I tried to get on a stage and then realized they were useless if I didn't actually (laughs) perform them. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that was so interesting, right? Like how it came about that, you know, kind of, tragedy in his life prompted him to think about something he it sounds like he you know, he's talking about at the end of kind of always being like the funny guy and using it as a coping right it's just like let me do this now like a very different maybe origin story than a lot of people i also just really appreciated hearing about some of the nuances because though all the performance domains that we you know have guests on are fascinating like music it's fascinating to get like the behind the scenes of music and a musician but i think comedy to his point like of people not knowing i don't think you really know what goes into that like the writing the time like it's not just the jokes but it's the timing of the jokes and the stringing together of the jokes and you know, different audiences and different locations. And if you're headline, you know, if, if you're uh, um, kind of like opening up for somebody, having to align with kind of there and like basically tee them up and make sure you're doing that appropriately. And then the stage presence, like there's so much, I think that you don't really think about when you are watching 
a comedian perform. Sure. And even the amount of time between set it, the setup and the punchline mm -hmm. has to be well-timed because if you blurt it out too soon, you've ruined the suspense. Sure. And if you wait too long, you've kind of waited, you know, waited too long, prolonged the suspense. And so there's what they call the pregnant pause or the mm -hmm. sweet spot where you have to know when to hold it out there long enough and then hit. Um, Even like the authenticity piece you talked about, right? I can, you know, some of my favorite comedians I think about, they do that so well, like, okay, that might not be exactly who they are in life, but you can tell that what they're doing up there is true to who they, who they are, what they find funny, what their lives are versus ones that you find where you're like that doesn't really seem like you seem like maybe you're a completely different person or you're trying to be something that you're not <laughs> sure and i even realized looking back um similar to him i was getting good responses whenever i was doing stand-up and so i thought i was one of the better comedians you know that sounds weird but it, i thought i was doing well i guess i'll put it that way and what i realized looking back on it is i really didn't have a voice I was good at writing jokes and I was good at making people laugh, but a lot of the long-term comedians, if you want longevity, you have to really have something to say and know how to get it across. Right. Um, and, and have, like he said, he doesn't feel like he's yet really kind of found his voice either, whatever that means, right? But yeah, certainly. Well, he, he's doing okay. No, but I mean, from his own kind of standpoint, <laughs> right, his own perspective. I see that too. When the clips you sent me, you know, you can kind of feel like he's he's got that voice a little bit. If we kind of get nerdy for a second on the psychology side of things, like sure. the whole like motivation identity piece was really fascinating to me. You know, exactly. And the kind of transition piece and, you know, what he mentioned in there about um, that he the kind of what you could read between the lines of there are pros and cons to when you get to make the decision about making that career transition. <laughs> and I wish I would have followed up with this question because it's interesting to me that because he said he didn't really necessarily know that he wanted to go into it, but I find it it's unusual for one to be spending late nights at a comedy club if you're not wanting to pursue it. So he might have had something even if he didn't recognize it that that might have been in the back of his mind or under the surface that he was going to end up trying to make it. Or as he mentioned, it was a coping mechanism, right? And so that's what it was really born out of. I don't know. It, it you know, it was, it was really interesting to hear his story because even when he was talking about, you know, why he's, what's driving him now, um, his answer was intriguing, right? That it was kind of about contributing now that he has a wife and, and all that. I and mean, I'm not saying that obviously he has goals in terms of being a comedian, but you can imagine, you know, when you ask, you know, different people that question, different people come up with different things. For some, it's to make people laugh. It's as simple as that, right? Like an intrinsic motivator for others. It might be, they want that big stage show. They want to be that headliner, right? And for him, it's, you know, he mentioned not always being like the most motivated, disciplined person. It's it's it was interesting to hear him talk about that and his motivation and how, in some ways, it seems like that's really actually quite helped him, um, because he doesn't maybe have that pressure, you know, uh, to perform and all that in in ways that he might if he was um, kind of putting all eggs in the basket and had this you know big goal he was trying to accomplish with it. Again, not saying he's not trying to accomplish a big goal, but it wasn't kind of the thing that came out when I when we asked those questions, right? Um, and then there's, you know, challenging sides to, to that kind of motivational profile too. I thought um, 
it was fascinating that he talked about the building relationships. And I mm -hmm. think that's something that, as he pointed out, the wisdom of the extra years probably helped him in that regard. For sure, because you've learned a lot about how important that is in any context to be able to to move further in a career, right? But I think some people come in, that's kind of why I asked like the shift in society question, because I guess my expectation these days with like social media and all these, you know, people who post various things on social media or YouTube, you know, the YouTube star, whatever is, I think every, a lot of people right now can probably like, I'm funny, I want to be a comedian, <laughs> you know, and just like come up with their own YouTube channel, start posting stuff on the social media. And it's like, you know, to his point, like, where's that gonna, is that gonna get you somewhere? It, it might get you a foot in the door, right? Because maybe what you posted was truly funny or somebody sees something in you that they're like, I want to know more about that person. Um, but will it actually give you, get you a career? Sure. Sounds like from his vantage point, he's saying, you know, you might need to, to think a little bit more broadly about what you have to bring to the table. And I've seen in personal experiences through open mics and then comedy competitions even there are people that will show up who people have quote told them they were funny. You need to be a comedian, but they had not written a single joke and they thought the impromptu uh, spontaneous jokes that they were telling with their friends was the same thing as stand-up comedy. Right. I mean, I consider myself to be fairly funny. I can make someone laugh, you know, sometimes <laughs> not even meaning to. Um, that is, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I don't think I would ever make it as one. <laughs> no, and it's, it's, <laughs> Unless I really wanted to be and devoted time to it, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, it, it was painful to watch because they would, it was just obvious um, they might be able to do it if they had prepared or written a joke, but since they had nothing prepared and they were planning on riffing for the three to five minutes, whatever they ended up having for the audition, it's, it's not That's going my anywhere. point before though. I think it's so fascinating all that goes into it, right? Like the writing, the stage presence. I also think there's a ton, you need a ton of emotional intelligence to be able to be a good comedian in terms of being able to be self-aware of yourself, but also of the audience and like what's going on for them. Or like he mentioned with that one, recent show he did knowing you know okay so these are the type of people here I might have to change a little bit what my plan was for this like I think you have to you have to really be intuitive in that sense um to 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 do that well you know? sure and he alluded to this I've had everything from a standing ovation in a room that included a balcony to zero laughs in an entire set at the um so yeah so that, that was a piece I found really fascinating too, because I am I'm always talking to clients a lot about um, like our kind of psychological needs as humans and how we have kind of these foundational ones, right, that coming from self-determination theory, but we also have secondary needs that we develop like, you know, to be respected, to be the best, the one he mentioned, to be liked. And I found it fascinating, the point that he made about that, that he has that and the expectation is that a lot of comedians have that but that it's so interesting that they then put themselves on literally this stage to either have that need met or get rejected right and like you know being able to do that is quite interesting yeah i have i agree with you 100 percent. it's uh of course part of this is you know, everyone has the stereotype that they've shown up in documentaries now on the some of the TV shows that they've written about it, but um, they're a tortured bunch in general. 
And I say that having been a, at least consider myself part of that group at one point, um, these defense mechanisms and things, coping mechanisms, and then sometimes they're very friendly. Sometimes they're less than friendly and just, you know, all yeah, these. And I think too, like the kind of, you know, psychobiological stuff at work too, right? Like you get that laugh and you get that dopamine hit from that laugh and you want it again, and then it's gotta be bigger and better. And you know, like, <laughs> so you're, you're chasing this experience, right? It's, it has ruined straight up lecturing for me. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> because if you've ever gotten a laugh while you're speaking or standing ovation, it's, uh, you keep expecting it when you're just giving a lecture. I can't class. imagine because I, I feel that too. When I'm, you know, you get that deadpan group of students that you're speaking to, it's, it's, a, it's tough, right, in a lot of ways. So I can't even imagine if you've been on that stage before and experienced something completely different. <laughs> and, and sometimes you'll have a, well, well, a warm, a welcoming group with uh, the comedy, but if you're telling it in a classroom, it's just the corny professor or teacher talking. If you tell it in a, a comedy club, <laughs> they're expecting it, you know. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, letting me geek out for this episode, as with Chris Killians, but uh, I was able to dig in to some of Brian's, and he kind of uh, fed into the, some of the things we're talking about more so than Chris did. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I, I love that we now have two comedians and hopefully we'll get more, right? Because I, I like that Chris is not really doing stage stuff at the moment, right? He's doing more kind of prepared stuff and a, yeah. and a show and different things. He's versus, basically a TV producer right now. Right, yeah, that kind of, and that side of it versus someone who is kind of more pre-pandemic was <laughs> doing the, the stand-up route. It's cool to see the similarities and differences. Well, thanks, everybody. The Path Distilled is hosted by Kevin Harris and Lauren Tashman, created and produced by Kevin Harris. The content is copyrighted by The Path Distilled, all rights reserved.